Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Today, you will hear from Tia Javier. Tia has only just gotten started in private practice, but she is doing big things and making bold moves. And she talks about her motivation for doing so and also her plans for the future. Y'all, this is a woman who has faced a lot of obstacles and she keeps finding ways around them and is destined for amazing things. Without further ado, here's Tia. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. All right, so before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? My name is Tia Javier, and I'm in Richmond, Virginia, and the name of my private practice is Speech-Language Connection. I am so excited to talk to you because you actually are one of the people in my Start Your Private Practice program. So when did you join? I joined in January of 2020. All right. So you were like one of the New Year's resolution people, huh? Yes. (laughs) Right. There's lots of people who join like at the beginning, either end of December or end of the year because they like meant to start their private practice that year, or they start at the beginning of a new year because that's, they're excited about it and they want to get going, right? Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about your journey to private practice. So it all began when I was in grad school for my first master's, which was in Spanish. And my daughter at the time, she was three years old and she needed speech therapy. And we speak Spanish at home and I couldn't find a Spanish speaking speech therapist in my area. And I've kind of always been the entrepreneurial type. So I was thinking, hmm, maybe I can couple my my master's in Spanish with my master's in speech therapy and start the practice um, to be the go-to person. So that's kind of where it all came from. Um, I had my idea to do private practice even before starting grad school. I love it. And I'm noticing a trend lately where a lot of bilingual SLPs are starting private practices. So Mm -hmm. I feel like in my program, this is, again, just something I've noticed. I really don't have data on this. I should be surveying my my audience and, and people who are joining. But 
it seems like in the group, a lot of people are, are talking about how they're bilingual SLPs starting private practices. And again, it's because of the need, right? Yes. So what I have found through my research is that in the state of Virginia, there are only 91 Spanish-speaking speech pathologists. And we have a the whole state of Virginia. In the entire state. In the entire state. And in the entire country, there are only 225 Black Spanish-speaking speech pathologists. And I happen to be one of them. So in my area, we have a pretty big Hispanic population and there's virtually, they're like maybe two people, but they don't really specialize in bilingualism. So there's really no one who is, I mean, you know, we as SLPs can teach diverse communities, but for someone to really have that expertise in it, um, we don't have anyone in that in the area. Well, so kudos to you for recognizing a need in your area and then figuring out how to fill it. So you had this dream of starting a private practice and taking your Spanish-speaking background and merging it with being an SLP. How did this journey actually start to come to fruition? Like what happened where you started to put the plans in motion to start your practice? Well, I'm still a CF. I graduated May of 2019. And since it's always been my goal, I just thought to do it. It was, for one, it was my mounting student loan debt. I was in school for 11 consecutive years. So I have two masters. And because of that, I was in school. And I'm also the first person in my family to go to school. So I really didn't have a lot of background with loans. So when I graduated, I graduated with $175,000 in student loan debt. And I was told that when I did the thing where it's like based on your income or something like that, but they wanted me to pay $1,880 a month for 30 years. And I said, I cannot and will not do that. So that kind of made me brainstorm. And um, after doing some research, I said, I'm just going to start. Um, I have actually been following you since I was in grad school. I kind of knew that I was going to take this route. I had messaged you a few times, like, do you think I should do it now? Or should I wait? I'm still a CF. But once I realized that the jobs that I had and what I was expected to pay wasn't going to cut it, then I figured to to dive in and just do it. Well, I think that you're bringing up a point that I want to I want to talk more about, which is that SLPs are, grad, are graduating as highly educated people with a ton of loan debt that often the jobs that people, the like, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes right now, like the regular jobs that SLPs have, you know, pay good salaries, but not great salaries to be able to easily pay back a lot of that loan debt. And so either you can wait your entire life to pay off those debts, right? Or you can kind of take take control over your own financial destiny and do something a lot sooner. I often ask people, do you want to make more money now or later? Right? (laughs) Some people say later and I'm like, why? (laughs) Right? But like you, you did the math, right? You did the math and you figured out you needed some more money. And so then you figured out how to do it. Yeah, definitely. And that was something um, I started to do the math and I realized how much money I was making for my company and how little I was getting paid. 
And that just didn't sit right for me. So I was thinking like, even though I'm a CF, there are CFs who are working just them in an entire district or in, an, in a SNF by themselves. So I said to myself, well, why can't I do this in my own space, in my own area, if I have the support from your group and from other people, mentors that have private practices? So that really encouraged me to just dive right in. I think that's great. Okay. So what does your day-to-day life look like right now, like for your practice? So right now I actually went full time into my private practice in June. So I have recently contracted myself with another agency where I'm providing speech therapy services to people in group homes, but I'm also starting to build up my own caseload. So I have about five patients now. I get them from referrals from doctors and also my social media page. So right now it's just it's it's not a full schedule. However, the money is much better than what I was making. <laughs> so little by little, and it, it's just been very positive so far. Because I know people are going to wonder, how is how are you handling like supervision kinds of things in terms of being a CF? My CF supervisor or mentor, she has her own pr- private practice as well. So she actually is a oral myo face or what is it? <laughs> Um, I can never remember. (laughs) Oral facial myologist. (laughs) Yes, she's an oral facial myologist. So she actually um, sends me, refers some of her patients to me. So since we have that relationship, I'm able to see some of her patients and she's able to supervise me during like articulation and language therapy. So that's cool. Has she also been able to do any mentorship about being a business owner with you? She actually just started her practice as well about a year ago, and she started on the side. Uh, We actually were at the same company during the whole COVID thing. She was furloughed and decided to go into private practice, and I did the same thing. I think that's fantastic. Okay, so what are your plans? And again, we're this is we're at the time of this recording. It's September, mid September, twenty twenty. So we're still very much in COVID. But what are your plans going forward with your practice? Like I can tell that you have like big dreams and that you are like a mover and a shaker. So what are your plans for the future? So my private practice, not only do I offer speech therapy services, but I offer English and Spanish courses. I offer like Spanish for the professions, interpretation and translation services. So what I plan to do is add a more interdisciplinary team. So some OTs and PTs. And I want to be the go-to person for these bilingual therapies. So I kind of want to take a back seat and employ more people and kind of manage them and um, help with the ins and outs of the bilingual community. So I want to um, educate other therapists and other people in the community to to understand to be more culturally competent. So that's where I kind of see things. I see my me building up my practice to be that go-to person but um i i see myself as being much bigger than that and and just offering my spanish services throughout the state of virginia well and maybe even beyond too right like if you like let's say you want to help other bilingual slps maybe even start their practices right or like like i can definitely tell that you're the kind of person 
who is not only thinking about income, but is also really thinking about impact and how to have a much bigger impact than you can have even in your local community or, or even your state. Right. So I think that that's awesome. Okay. So is there any other like advice or lessons learned or anything else that you might want to share with the listeners? I would just say when things look bad, they might not be as bad as you think that they are. And it could just be the universe telling you that you should make this move or you shouldn't do something. And that was my case. My plan was to build my private practice up slowly on the side because I was still working and I was still a CF. But in June, when my manager found out that I was, that I had my private practice, I was fired. (laughs) So someone could look at that as something bad because we're in the middle of a pandemic and now I'm fired. But I took it as something completely different. I um, try to look at things on a more glass half full side of things. So I took that as the universe telling me that I just need to jump into it. And when I did that, everything just fell into place. So I had started the credentialing process for insurance in May, and I had expected it to go at least nine months, as I was told. But one week after being fired, I was credentialed with Anthem. And then a week after that, Medicaid and just people started coming and all these opportunities started to open up. And I was so happy with the decision. I was happy that I was fired because had I not been, then I would not have taken the steps to really dive into my private practice. So my advice would be to people, you make this life what you make it. So if you want the best out of this life, then you just do it. Don't let fear hold you back. Just live the best life that you can and and dive into your private practice. I love that advice, right? And I also, I just love, I love your energy. Like, I think that you are also the kind of person who, like you, you're, when faced with a roadblock, like some people just shut down, right? And just say like, okay, forget it. Like this was a terrible idea or, or this meant, means I'm not meant to do something. But what you do instead is you figure out how can I go around this roadblock (laughs) and and really grow from the experience and use it as a learning opportunity and the universe telling you to go through it versus getting shut down. Yeah. I think that um, what happens is that we as people, sometimes we're so conditioned with what society wants us to do that sometimes we don't kind of step back and look at our life as a whole. Because if you think about it, like who really wants to work 40 years, 40 hours a week for someone else making them rich when you can do it for yourself? So it's just pushed upon us so much to get that job and to work for someone else. Like private practice was never discussed when I was in grad school. And that was something that my professors knew that I wanted to do. But not once was it discussed or owning a business or anything like that. So that's why I came to you and and enrolled myself into your program because that's something that I wanted to do. I didn't want to be caught in the rat race of um, working for someone else. Well, and I think that you you also bring up a good point, which is that it's really not part of the graduate school curriculum to talk about private practice. Like sometimes people have a guest speaker come. That's what that's what that's all I got was a guest speaker. I know that there's two schools I know of that actually have and I'm not sure if it's a seminar course or, or what, but it is programming. So Howard University and also Cal State LA have programs 
again, I don't think it's like a full semester course or anything. Cause there, I mean, there is a lot of material to cover in grad school, mm-hmm. but I think that it's doing students a disservice to not teach them how to make money from the knowledge that they just gained and took out a bunch of loans for. Yeah. And it's not, it's not as restrictive as working for someone else. Like I can give my, my patients the time that they need and deserve. And I don't have to worry about, okay, well, in 30 minutes, I have to get the next patient or I have to do this and have to do that. It really allows me to give my patients what they deserve and to really uphold their well-being and, and all of that. Well, and to go back to the beginning of our conversation, the important part about you being bilingual, right? Mm-hmm. And so at a regular job, like, okay, so at the place that you were working before you got fired, how many bilingual people did you work with there? None. <laughs> none. I worked with none. <laughs> none, right? Yeah. So had you stayed there, you would not have been able to use your background as a Spanish speaker. I thought you meant like other therapists. Oh, no. Well, like how many how many bilingual like clients did you have? A couple? Or? So actually, when I first started working there, they only had two families. But my caseload was 80% Hispanic. So I brought in a lot of people to them. And I, since we were also an interdisciplinary practice, I referred these people to OT and PT as well. And they did not have to pay an interpreter because I was there. So we, we really, we have a huge population in Richmond. So I was able to work with them, but to the extent that I wanted to, I was not. We were really like every, we worked 10 hours a day and we saw patients every 30 minutes. So... Yeah. Well, and I think that it's also one of the pluses of of other jobs is that they can then help you shape your new job, right? Because one of the one of the traps I see sometimes people fall into when they start a private practice is that they recreate some of the bad stuff from their old job, right? Just out of habit. Yeah. So it's a really unique position to be able to create a job, a new job for yourself in a private practice by design versus creating another job that has bad hours or has blah, blah. And then it's like, well, that's your own fault, (laughs) (laughs) right? If you create a new thing like that for yourself, right? So I love how you are being very intentional about the kind of private practice you want to create, who you want to employ, who you want to serve, that eventually you want to take more of a backseat and, and, you know, run the business and really be this business owner, CEO. And I think that that's also really cool. Yeah. You're also setting examples for others, right? I also really like that you looked into the statistics. I mean, that's, I mean, Virginia is not a small state, right? That yeah, eight million people. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many SLPs speak Spanish in Virginia? 91. 91. Yeah. That's terrible. Right. <laughs> so I think that that's, that's also just really important is to think about, you know, what are the needs in your community? And then also how can you be an example to other SLPs or just other, maybe not even SLPs, maybe there's like some Spanish speaking OTs, right. Who mm-hmm. see you with your practice and think, Oh man, I should really be serving this population more too. So I think that you're really onto something and are clearly driven to be this like awesome CEO businesswoman who has a vision and I know that you're going to make it happen because you already have made it happen. Yes. Awesome. 
Okay. Any final words of wisdom? That's all that I have. Just go for it. Do it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you for being on Tia. You're welcome. Awesome. Okay. So how amazing is Tia, right? I told you that she was a just on fire, an amazing woman who has faced a lot of obstacles in her life and she is moving through them and she doesn't see an obstacle as a no, but as a, how can I get around this, move around this and come out stronger and better on the other side. So we mentioned that she's been a part of my Start Your Private Practice system. We will be reopening enrollment soon. You can head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist to get on the waitlist. And as soon as we open enrollment, you will know about it. So if you want to start your private practice just like Tia did, then again, head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist, get signed up, and we'll let you know as soon as we reopen. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned. And I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms, in your own time, and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I want to teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part? These trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com click start or grow and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.